Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for, uh, you know, just the next little bit uh, that you'd grow us up and teach us about the spirit of glory. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. I won't keep you too long, but I do want to share a little bit on the glory of the Lord. We're looking at the Holy Spirit and how we can know Him better. He is known as the anointing, the spirit of holiness, the spirit of adoption, spirit of truth, spirit of life, and spirit of glory. All of these are in the New Testament. 1 Peter 4.12, dear friends, don't be surprised when everything goes wrong and there's these trials that come on to test you as though something strange were happening. (laughs) Don't act like suffering and trials is weird. Okay, you didn't sign up for Peter Pan uh, Christianity in the Disneyland of the Spirit. This is the kingdom of God and it does suffer opposition. Okay, but rejoice inasmuch as you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you're overjoyed when His glory is revealed. So often God's character and His nature and His person, His essence is revealed when we suffer. If you're insulted because of the name of Christ, you're blessed. Wow. For the Spirit of glory and the Spirit of the living God rests on you. Love that. God likes to prove greater is He that's within you than anything that's going on outside of you. He likes to prove to people around you that your joy comes from the Lord. And not from your circumstances. Not saying that God causes all the suffering in the world. Adam caused it. Does that make sense? But God will use it. He can use it. Spirit of glory forms the goodness of God in in us. Part of our suffering is loving people who don't love us back. People who persecute you. People who harm you. That is part of our suffering to continue loving them. We're never at a point where we just say, you know, King Jesus, you know what? You can't love that person through me. I mean, if you say that, you're Lord of your own life instead of Him. And in terms of value, consider your Heavenly Father values His character showing up more than you getting justice for your feelings. What am I saying? I'm saying the Father values His glory being revealed through you through love and goodness and the essence of God's nature being revealed when somebody's opposing you or harming you than for you getting justice. Well, I thought he was my defender. He is your defender, so trust him. Vengeance belongs to him, not to you. If you take vengeance, you'll do it with the arm of the flesh. And it'll get worse. You treat people ugly, you'll actually activate their flesh into justifying how ugly they're being to you. In their mind, they're thinking, this is okay. Come on. Romans twelve seventeen. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it's possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. We got to do that over Thanksgiving, right? With your family? <laughs> Beloved, do not avenge yourselves. Give place to wrath. It's written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you heap coals of fire on his head. Now, fire there, again, that's how the Lord... It's his perfect purification process is the fire of the Lord. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And then 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 20. What credit is it when you're beaten, wow, beaten for your faults, that you take it patiently? But when you do good and then you suffer... 
if you take it patiently, well, this is commendable before God because you're doing the right thing and you're suffering for it. In other words, he's saying, if you did something dumb and the guy punched you in the eye, well, okay. But when you're serving the Lord and your heart is pure and righteous and then you get punched in the eye, this is commendable because you've been called. Christ suffered for us and he left us an example that we should follow in his steps who committed no sin nor was deceit found in his mouth who when he was reviled did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten but committed himself to him who judges righteously. Wow. That's what we need to do. We trust ourselves the one who judges righteously. And of course he bore our sins on the tree Having died to sin, we live for righteousness. By whose stripes you were healed. People say, well, Brother Steve, can he heal cancer? He already did. Can he heal diabetes? He already did. By his stripes you were were healed. Nobody's getting away with anything, is what he's saying. There is one who judges righteously, so let's leave it to him. Isn't it interesting, in Isaiah 61, it says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me to preach good news to the poor, bind up the brokenhearted, etc., etc. Year of Jubilee, and and it says the day of vengeance of our God. When Jesus re-quotes that in Luke chapter 4, He left off the day of vengeance of our God. When He re-quoted it, He didn't say that sentence out of Isaiah 61. Everything else is verbatim. So what is he doing? Well, I think he's doing what First Peter said, and he's leaving, he's entrusting himself to the one who judges righteously. We should probably do the same. Amen. Amen. For all of us like sheep can go astray, but we've returned to the shepherd and the overseer of our souls. So we often try to exact justice for our old man. The new man, the new you doesn't need it. The new you doesn't need vengeance. The new you doesn't mean, by God, I got rights. Give me justice. Have you ever thought about that if you want to have justice exacted on your enemy, that that's okay as long as you let God exact justice on you? Because when you were God's enemy, He died for you. You see how personal and pious the flesh is? Like, by God, let me I'm, I'm stacking up your offenses right here, buddy, on this scale. Well, you must be blind if you can't see yours on the other side of that scale. Because you're offending God. I mean, the, the sins you've committed and transgressed are against God. And He not only forgave you, He died for you. He, he Himself pay, paid the penalty for the remission of sin. Wow. So your new man doesn't require that because your new man has all things that pertain to life and godliness. Your new man is complete in Christ. I gave you all those scriptures last week. I like what Stacy said. She said, we hear a lot about love and goodness uh, of, of God at Grace Church and rightfully so. But there's an element to our suffering that is the love of God. Because it is God's love when His glory is revealed. And that we demonstrate if Scott, you know, offends me, he hurts me, he, you know, steals $20. And I maintain the glory of the Lord towards him. That's a witness. God is glorified in that. Where was, where was the, uh, 
Biggest measure of his glorification, John chapter 7, verse 37 through 39. Where do we see God's glory the most? On the cross. Christ's suffering. But when I can uh, look at Scott and say, hey, forgiveness, the power to forgive doesn't come from an apology, Scott. It comes from Christ in me. That's the glory of God. All right, let's get into a couple of other scriptures. Just going to go for about 10 more minutes. We'll wrap it up. Um, If Jesus Christ, the most powerful and pure heart that ever lived, wasn't exempt from suffering, I'm not sure you and I will be exempt. And again, am I saying they're going to nails to the wood? Well, maybe they will, maybe they won't. But I'm saying it is a measure of suffering when the Lord's asking you to love and forgive people that in your, your mind don't deserve it. And that we're able to continue to love well. Trials make us dependent on the Spirit of glory, the Holy Spirit, who helps us respond in godly ways and with godly character. Suffering doesn't happen so we can roll around and feel sorry for ourselves and be like, woe is me, why me, Lord? Well, why not you? Don't you want to be a dispenser of His glory? Amen. (laughs) All right, let me find another one here. Romans 8.18 For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. So there we see it again. Who knows what verse 19 says? For all of creation groans for the revealing of the sons of God. Man, it's, it's through when, when we don't repay evil for evil. We shine as a light in this world because the whole, the whole culture is full of religious judgment. Amen. And that's not even from the church. I, I, the world is crazy self-righteous. Yes. Yes. Am I right? Yes. I mean, you got organizations that they, they're totally, they think they're justified to throw concrete milkshakes at people's heads because they don't like them and they disagree with their opinion. That is nothing but self-righteous narcissism. When we can make excuses within ourselves to just go harm people physically, emotionally, whatever, because we're justified, that is disgusting. Because as humanity, and you read the book of Romans, man, Romans 5, Romans 8, which is God's favorite chapter, how can you not be humbled that while you were his enemy, he died for you? So that's why we're not repaying evil for evil. We're overcoming evil with good. And the glory of God is revealed in us when we're victorious over trials. And we endure through suffering. Look at 2 Corinthians 4, 17. Our light affliction. Paul calls it light affliction. This guy's like beaten. He gets stoned and um, snake bit. And they throw him in jail all the time. Well, these light afflictions, he says, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. So we don't look at the things which are seen, but the, that which is unseen. Everything we see is temporary. That which we don't see is eternal. So it's God's will that His glory is revealed in us through our trials. Don't ask what trials do to you. Ask what they do for you. Because God will allow some trials in our lives as an opportunity to reveal the spirit of glory. That we're sons. We're different. We're just different people. We don't respond the way the world does. 
Um, let me find John chapter 1. Look at this one. This is a great one. John 1, 14. Look at this, guys. Amplified version. And the word Christ became flesh. He became human incarnate, tabernacled. He fixed his tent of flesh and he lived while among us. And we actually saw his glory. Did we see the glory of God, the essence of his goodness? Did we see that in Christ? We did. Where is he now? He's in you and me, okay? So the world still ought to be able to see a, a, a reflection of the glory of God, His honor, His majesty. Such glory. Look, what kind of glory did Jesus have? Glory as an only begotten Son receives from His Father. Full. Everybody say full. Full, full of grace. Full of loving kindness and favor and truth. Glory that only sons of their father have. So Romans eight eighteen, glory revealed through suffering. Yes, 19, all of creation waits for the revealing of the sons, plural, of God. Everybody say we're different. Everybody say we react different. We do. We're just, we're just not like the world. We're not bought into all that. I love that passage. Sons carry the glory of their Father, and you are sons, if indeed Christ Jesus lives in you. You are sons. So deal with that. Deal with it. Dare to believe what He's done. Because He did it. You didn't earn it. You just consented and said, you know what? I'll receive you. So behold and keep on beholding His glory. Do you love it when your kids sit around and say they're no good and they'll never be like you? Don't you love it when they say that? I'm terrible. I'm hideous. I'll never amount to anything, Dad. I could never be like you. Does that please you? What do you think your Heavenly Father wants you to say about yourself? And the reason we don't is we're full of pride. Because we measure ourselves independently of Him. And He paid the uh, paramount price to join Himself to you. The cross cleansed you. The glory filled you. Oh my goodness. Come on, let's lift our hands right now. My goodness, Holy Spirit, thank You. The cross cleansed us but the glory filled us it filled the temple the glory filled the temple Lord we repent of saying all kinds of bad things about ourselves we repent of not seeing us by the spirit which is how you see us Father you delight when we see what you've done You delight in it. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen, everybody. Amen. That's what, man, the hair stood up on my, the back of my neck. That was definitely from the Lord. We honor Him when we agree with Him. You have to humble yourself to say, God knows more about me than I know about myself. And while I wouldn't have chosen me, and I'm in the front of that line, I would have never chosen myself, but He did choose me that I would go and bear fruit 
and that that fruit would remain. Remember that in John 15? Even godly sorrow is for His glory to be revealed. I love 2 Corinthians 7.10. I've just been in it this weekend learning about uh, godly sorrow. You know, sometimes you have just this <clears throat> overwhelming remorse where you missed God. You made or choices you made. But His glory is revealed in that. It's His love that we agree. You know what? That wasn't me. That's not right. That's not your plan for me. I repent of it. And then look at uh, Scott, you guys can come, or Stephen, whoever. Look at the very last one. I think I have it. Yeah. Look at this. Second Chronicles 5.11. It came to pass when the priest came out of the most holy place. For all the priests were present and sanctified themselves without keeping to their divisions. And the Levites, who were the singers, all those of Asaph and Ammon and Judith, how do you say that? Juduthan? with their sons and their brethren, stood at the east end of the altar, clothed in white, having cymbals, stringed instruments, harps, and with them 120 priests, sounding trumpets. Indeed, it came to pass when the trumpeters and singers were, everybody see that? As one. When they began to come and sing and play as one, to make one sound, to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. They lift up their voice with the trumpets, the cymbals, instruments, and music, and they praise the Lord, saying, He is good, that's His glory, His goodness, for His mercy endures forever, that the house, the house of the Lord, was filled with a cloud so that the priests could not continue ministering. For the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. So be it. An Old Testament rendering of a New Testament revelation. Christ in you. The hope. Come on. The hope of. The hope of. One more time. The hope of glory. Christ in you. The mystery. I love that. So notice what our oneness in praise does. What is our oneness in, in praise and worship and having one heart? What does it do? It channels the manifest presence of God. So don't come here to be led in worship. Come to worship together. Individuals that have gathered though for what? For corporate worship in oneness. In who? In Christ. Because when he looks in this room, he doesn't see, you know, a couple hundred Christ. He sees one Christ when he looks in this room. I might be an arm, you're a leg, so forth. Somebody's an armpit. You know how it goes. Stand, stand with me. One last thing on the glory through suffering. How many of you know who Barry Bennett is? He's a teacher at Karis with Andrew Womack. Anyway, he's a great teacher. He was telling the story the other day. His uh, wife had a friend over, and they were going to go do some shopping. And uh, so he came out to make sure everything's good, lift the garage door and all that. Well, his wife, when she backed out, she cut it too soon. She just wasn't paying attention. And she hit the side of the garage, damaged it, and then proceeded to tear the front bumper off. <laughs> and uh, Barry <laughs> is watching all of this. 
And you know, you can, when you can feel your temperature start. <laughs> he said, the spirit of glory came on him. Because <laughs> he said, honey, this is his response. Honey, are you okay? But see, he was tempted to read her the riot act. Because matter of fact, I guess she got out of the car and said, what happened? <laughs> that was, what happened? He said, honey, are you okay? He wanted to say some other things. The other thing that happened was he actually bent down. It was a snap bumper. He was able to push it back in so they could go shopping and stuff. But the point of that is the glory is greater. We really can respond in a right way. Right? We really can respond in the right way. Every head bowed and every eye closed this morning. If you're here this morning, you say, Brother Steve, I've never experienced Christ in me, the hope of glory. I'm not even sure I'm saved. I'm not sure I'm born again. And Jesus said, you must be born again. This is, this is how you enter the kingdom of God, relationship with God. If that's you and you'd say, I want to receive Christ. I want to receive that glory that He paid for me to have. He cleaned me so He could fill me. And I'd like to receive Him today. If that's you, would you slip your hand up real high so I can see it. You say, Brother Steve, I want to be born again. I want Christ's life inside me. Anybody? Okay, gather church. Will you open your hands with me? Father, thank You. Holy Spirit, thank You for today. Thank You for just interrupting us with that word that the cross cleansed us so the glory could fill us. And that, Lord, everywhere we go, our eyes are lifted up. And I'm going to say this, Lord, in our living rooms, absolutely, in our own home first. But, Lord, in the Uber cars and in the grocery stores and in Walmart or even when we go to eat today, we go to be a blessing. Because Isaiah 6, that glory that Isaiah saw, it had purpose. It wasn't for no reason. And that purpose was... Who will go for me? And Isaiah said, Here am I. Send me. And so, Lord, we just thank you for the spirit of glory that rests in us and upon us. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said, Amen. Come on, give him praise this morning.